listening to episode 226 of the Ruby on Rails podcast. I am your host, Kyle Daigle. This week, I invite back Brian Nelson, uh, the designer, developer, product manager uh, who I had a couple of weeks ago. Uh, The conversation was a little different than usual on this podcast. We didn't talk a ton about technology, but we started with a life experience that everyone can appreciate, flying, and uh, talked about how... uh, how things are in the flight industry and how they might uh, be impacted by software and design and people who don't actually use their software. Uh, So it was a really great conversation. Um, I'm glad to have him back. I'm hoping to introduce a new co-host next week. uh, So we'll give that a shot. My apologies for this podcast coming out uh, off schedule. Um, Work's been a little bit hectic lately and it's been a a little bit troublesome to get things uh, recorded in time. But luckily we're here. We're going to get this out. We'll stick to the schedule and uh, catch back up next week instead of waiting another two weeks to get uh, the next podcast. So thanks for listening. As always, feel free to follow me on Twitter at KDaigle and you can follow uh, 5x5TV to learn more about the other podcasts on the network and be alerted when the Ruby on Rails podcast has a new episode. This week is sponsored in part by Rollbar. One of the frustrating things we all deal with is errors. Relying on users to report errors, digging through log files to debug errors. With Rollbar's error monitoring, you get full stack trace, context, and user data to help you find and fix impactful errors super fast. You can integrate Rollbar into your existing workflow. You can send error alerts to things like Slack or HipChat, or you can automatically create new issues in Jira, Pivotal Tracker, or Trello. Adding the Rollbar Ruby SDK is as easy as gem install Rollbar. You can just start the tracking. You can just start tracking application errors in minutes. A few cool features. You can send request data for any rack framework, support queue frameworks like Sidekick, Rescue, and Delay Job, configure Rollbar's front-end JS SDK without installing it manually, and deep link your GitHub repos, which is a really cool feature, and I really love it. Um, we have a special offer for listeners. Go to rollbar.com ruby, sign up, and you can get the bootstrap plan for free. And don't forget to go see Rollbar at RailsComp on April 25th. They'll be giving away free swag and doing product demos. Rollbar's loved by developers at awesome companies like Heroku, Twilio, Kayak, Zendesk, Twitch, and more. So go to rollbar.com slash Ruby to sign up today and get the bootstrap plan for free. This episode of the Ruby on Rails podcast is also sponsored in part by Linode. Linode is a hosting company offering high-performance Linux servers for all of your infrastructure needs. Linode has it all. Lightning quick servers in the cloud, a super fast 40 gigabyte per second network, automated backups, node balancers, managed services, guides with step-by-step instructions, a simple but powerful control panel, 99.9% uptime, 24 by 7 support experts, and all of the tools you need to get the job done right the first time. And now Linode offers two gigabytes of RAM for only $10 a month. Over 400,000 customers trust the Linode platform, including us. 5x5's infrastructure is happily hosted on Linode. And getting started is easy. Just pick a plan, choose your favorite Linux distro, and pick from over eight data centers in America, Europe, and Asia. Linode has a huge announcement. They're now offering a one gigabyte for $5 plan, high memory plans starting at 16 gigabytes for $60 a month, and an upgrade in storage from 24 gigabytes to 30 gigabytes on our two gigabyte plan for $10. To support this show and get a $20 Linode credit on a new account, visit promo.linode.com slash Ruby on Rails. Again, to get a $20 Linode credit on a new account, go to promo.linode.com slash Ruby on Rails. Simple, powerful, reliable. Linode.com. Now let's go to the show.
Why does it sound like you're in a nature reserve right now? What? <laughs> so we live in a very old house with really old windows. <laughs> and so it always sounds like you're outside. <laughs> it must be a joy in the winter months. There's literally no. Oh, yeah. Uh, we got our, I mean, it's like 20 something degrees in Connecticut right now. And I was like, well, it's too cold for the windows to be open. So. Yeah, well, well, come to my house. They're open all the time. Um, <laughs> open yeah, 24 7. <laughs> we got our, we use this um, like auto billing thing from our gas company to even out the bill over the year. And so they take, uh, they read it like every few months and adjust your bill. Yeah. And so I just got our new adjustment and I was like, that seems like that uh, is really down. high, <laughs> really way up. Because <laughs> we used a lot of gas the last couple of months. But interesting. Yeah, so but we'll be moving into a house with triple pane windows pretty soon. So looking forward to that from an energy savings. Seems standpoint. like a lot of panes. Yeah, I think if you, it's like razor blades. Um, just just as, as many as you can get. Keep adding more, and there's <laughs> there must be though a like a drop off point where you don't get any more benefit from adding <laughs> adding panes of glass. I don't know. I'm not a window expert. <laughs> I don't know. That's a good question, actually. Yeah. What is the rate of return on? Yeah. I mean, some people shave with one blade. <laughs> I know. I can, Well, I mean, I don't understand that, but uh, I, actually, I was just looking into this. This has nothing to do with anything that we should be talking about, but um, uh, the uh, I use Dollar Shave Club. And so they have the four blade razor now. Well, they make a six blade razor, which actually comes with a single like detail blade. Okay. Uh, uh, yep. I think I got that one too. Now I upgraded. Oh, really? Does it work with the same handle? No, they send you a separate uh, handle. All right. Well, that, that puts the stop on that. I, is it a free handle or do you have to pay for it? Uh, no, it's free. Oh, okay. Well then never mind. We're totally doing that. Um, Anyways, what I did want to talk about. So speaking of moving, we were recently flying and, uh, are your arms tired? <laughs> Sorry. Oh my I, gosh. I couldn't help myself. Dad joke. Uh, so it's super early in the morning for us doing this, which is, I think why you're a little punchy. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not worn down by the end of my day. Like I usually am when we record. Do you fly the same airline all the time? Delta baby. Okay. So. Uh, we also fly Delta, and I'm going to talk about them a little bit. Uh, I am generally very happy with their service. Do you use their mobile app? I do. Okay, so <clears throat> we were uh, about to leave on our flight. Uh, well, it was the day before, so it sent me the check-in. Hey, you can check in now. So I went to check in, and I, uh, while it was doing it, it said, Hey, do you want to upgrade to Delta Comfort Plus? Have Heck you yeah, used yeah. this service? Um, yeah, it's I like mean, first class light. Oh man. That's, I feel like that's a stretch. <laughs> okay. It's, it's like, it's like, it's like, wow, it's like two cheap. more millimeters of, <laughs> of padding in the seat. You get free drinks, you get though. free drinks and snacks. Yeah. The snacks are an upgrade anyway. So they for our, actual bananas. <laughs> yeah. Which is a big deal. If you have a one-year-old who only eats bananas anyway. So we, uh, we're, our original seats were like way at the back of this plane. It was like row 35 and we had to do, um, uh, a layover in Minneapolis and it was only 45 minutes or something like that. And we were a little concerned cause we were, it always takes a while to get off the plane. 
Anyways, it said, do you want to upgrade to Delta Comfort Plus? And I said, hey, this is a great idea. We can move close to the front of the plane. We'll get better seats, whatever. Um, during the check-in process, so it asked me to do that. And I said, uh, it wouldn't let me pick my seats. And when you're traveling with two infants and your wife, you want to try to at least sit together or maybe not. <laughs> no, just stick the kids near someone else and you, you two could be in Comfort Plus. Right. And so um, because I couldn't select the seats at that moment, I said, oh, I'll just do it later. Uh, I'll check in and then I'll go. And this and- is where Brian realized he made a big mistake. <laughs> well, so it was so I did that. And then it, and then I go, oh, OK, change seats because I figured, oh, I'll just go and pick the Delta Comfort Plus seats. You can't do it. Uh, it, I went to the seat map. <laughs> you can't do it. <laughs> I went to the seat map and it, it says, you have paid for coach. You are not allowed to choose these seats or something along those lines. Like pleb, don't <laughs> try and come up here. Uh, cause you paid for the cheap seats. And so I was kind of dreading that I was going to have to call them to be able to do this. And so what I eventually found out was you just, you can go through the check-in process again which seems totally that does seem kind of screwy. backwards, right? Okay, well, so that's what I wanted to talk about because it's like the worst user experience. And like I look at everything through that lens. <laughs> yeah, but this <laughs> is a I really, <laughs> but I feel like we're very spoiled, right? Because in software, like if you don't like something, like generally speaking, it's like, all right, I'll go use one of the other 400 options. Right. But like in planes and other things that are like generally regulated or have high capital expenditure, you know, like, yes, you get the thing like you get the one. This is what you get and you will be happy or Or, you will still pay us a thousand dollars to stay home, (laughs) I guess. (laughs) Right. So uh, I don't know. It just what I think it sort of uh, what I was thinking about is as I was sitting there at like seven in the morning trying to do this check-in process, getting really frustrated about it, I was like, oh, I can think of all these places in the apps that I've worked on where m- the users would be equally pissed off. <laughs> 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 and so, and but it, it just got me thinking because I was like, well, I guess, you know, when I like to, when I was thinking about that, I thought, well, the developers were, had great intentions and they said, here's a great place where we can upsell, right? And say, oh, we can make more money here. They can pick their upgrade right there, but they probably weren't considering like all the different maybe questions that people would have as they're doing it or the different, uh, maybe the different type of people using it. Like, cause that works great for like someone traveling by themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, where they just want to say, yeah, okay, I'll upgrade. Um, and it doesn't matter which seat that they're in. Um, but, you know, for us, when there was, we had three tickets and we wanted to make sure we sat together, um, that was a bigger deal for us. And so I don't know if there's like a lesson to be learned from that, but um, I've started at least thinking about it a little bit more as we're going through planning new features, saying, hey, well, what are the questions that someone might have you know, while they're completing this process or really trying to think about the different kind of, I mean, this gets down to like user personas and things like that. Um, well, I think it also, I think it's also potentially a choice that they've made. Like, you know, I, I mean, I don't want to make it sound like that, but I'm thinking like in my head, I'm thinking I love flying Delta, but I also 95% of the time fly by myself. Right. 
And so I, it works perfectly for me because my assumption is that they optimize for the individual business traveler because they're the ones who have repeat business and blah, sure. blah, blah. Um, but the one time I flew with them <laughs> with my family, they kicked me off a flight. <laughs> like well, we were got you to separate Atlanta. tickets though? No, no, no. We were a single reservation and we got to Atlanta and we go to board their flight and they go, stand right here, please. <laughs> they shut the door what? and left. <laughs> yeah. Wait, so was your family on the plane? No, 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 oh, no, no. You we all were got. All, oh my God! If that happened, I would have. It would have been like Home Alone. You know, I would have been like <sighs> renting a scooter worst. to get to Florida. But anyway, so I mean, like that. I feel like that's one of those things where it's like, oh well, they needed the seats, and so they bumped the family of four off the plane. You know what I mean? Because it's like yeah. one reservation. They can bump four instead of pissing off four people. They can piss off one collective. But for human. you, that was like way big. Yeah. Like, don't it you was think a huge like, deal? Yeah. Because you know, it was so much more inconvenient than if I was just traveling for business when I honestly wouldn't have cared less if I got bumped, you know, and got the and did you at least get compensated? Like, did yeah, they give but you, I mean, but like, I only really travel for work. So, like, right. you know, like it's, getting compensated is I mean, they expired like they literally expired because we just couldn't get Get together to fly right. anywhere in like, time is a with travel voucher really worth like a screaming child right 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 <laughs> and so i think the thing is like i do think that it's one of those things where you know every company ultimately has to you know uh decide what their most important you know venue is or most important yeah. customer is and I, I just think that for air travel it has to be the business traveler you know yeah they're doing it way more often than you know than your yearly vacation or something and I, like and that. i think it's true when you look at you know most apps too you know i mean they like everyone basically usually says like this is the the, the prosumer photo app you know or whatever yeah. um or you know facebook or whatever like facebook is in my opinion like highly optimized for like my in-laws you know <laughs> or like you know it's like it's, yes. it's meant for that audience and when i want to do something it's like you know frustrating because i am not the target audience for that app and and yeah. it's facebook does not care because they would prefer to have like they know i'm going to stay right like they know you have to fly or like they know you have to sell things to your customers whatever it is yep. um and they just want to make sure that the road that you're on is gravel and not paved because I, I find that analogy to be very like uh useful on this it's like uh, most products and companies have like a paved structure like that's the thing that they're like highly optimized for everything should work for right. and then there's like a gravel side where it's like eh, like you're gonna keep using it because it's valuable enough to you but it's not set up in a way that is really meant for you um and so like there's it's bumpy you can go off course a little bit and then you know you have just the knee the knee high weeds or whatever where you're just using it for whatever reason possesses you but it's really 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 not intended for you right and I think that the thing that you just need to make sure of is that you're making those choices and not just letting it happen that way which I feel like right. is usually how it happens. Right, right. Over time, you know? Yeah, because if you make those choices, you can, um, I guess, I plan for or optimize for kind of those other situations. Right. right? Um, whereas if it just happens because you didn't think of it, uh, <laughs> that's much worse. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, so getting back to this, I always feel bad for the people that work the gates at at airports. I mean, a little <laughs> bit, but right. And like, yeah. I'm not one for confrontation, but it seems like it's, there's this weird dichotomy that you have this awesome mobile app, right? And I mean, awesome is maybe a bit of a stretch, but it's pretty it, impressive. It works pretty well, given the yeah. environment that you're in. Well, then that's my point is that given the sort of what I assume is a very antiquated, uh, like back yeah, punch end, card system. <laughs> it's amazing that it works at all. Right. I mean, yeah. 
and and that's kind of the weird like why so what do, why do you think that is it just at this point is it just they're just so far deep into you know the system that they have and it mostly works 75% of the time that it's not worth trying to come up with something better or yeah look at like look at like the banking industry and simple yes. right like simple did not come through <laughs> like no 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 at least in my opinion like no 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 real shade on simple because they had no choice like they couldn't win simple was built on the same underlying crappy technology that every bank is built on yep. and the only way they could have changed that is if they became a bank which they are not a bank like and i i, and I only know all this because i used to work in that industry yeah and like it's it, that's one of those examples where it's like they can improve it so far but like they're you're they're never going to really be offering like innovative financial instruments because right. they can't do it you know um they just they can't they're not a bank and they have they can only offer what the bank that supports them can and so i feel like the same is true for most of the airline industry because they all use the same underlying crappy technology yep. You know, and they can only decide what they want to optimize for. And, you know, like the the more um, budget airlines like, you know, JetBlue or Southwest, like optimize for one thing and the more like business travel centric, like United, Delta, American, all optimize for another thing. But under the covers, they can only do so much, you know, they yeah, they're optimizing for what are the shortest times we can be at an airport to pay yeah, the least amount of stuff totally and like you know i feel like for a certain audience it'd be really compelling if if airlines could be really agile like you could say like yeah i'll i'll, I'll fly somewhere within these three days you just tell me like 14 days in advance you know what i mean like like i'm totally flexible i'm going to see my grandma i can get there on monday or wednesday it doesn't matter right i'll pay a hundred dollars to get there you fill up the flight you get it on the you know on the tarmac and you just tell me when to show up and i'm flexible but like it'll never happen <laughs> i know you know because you have to deal with the humans the air traffic control everything else and so i think like that's like one of the interesting things when you like look at some of the other like cottage industries that have popped up around you know trying to fill in demand and arbitrage all that it's it's uh it's it's pretty interesting because it can only be as innovative as the underlying system could possibly allow unless right. you're po it's you know unless you're able to take on the incredible expense of changing that entire system you know um, but i can't imagine that most people are able to do that so that sort of leads me into another question so We've talked about this before. I'm currently driving a very old vehicle. <laughs> and, so, and so things keep happening, right? And we're, we're moving in a few months. And so I really just need it to last, you know, till then. Uh, At which point you can just light it on fire and drive it off a cliff, whatever, throw it into the river. Um, I don't advocate that, by the way. But anyway, um, <clears throat> so I have been sinking a little bit of money every so often into it. Right. And and so I feel like it's sort of as I work on like some of the, these uh, are products that have a little bit older code bases. There's always kind of a push to say, like, you know, let's we get, we need to scrap this and start over. And I think it'll just, you know, we'd be able to accomplish the exact same amount, you know, in three months or something um, just by starting over. And so my question is, how do you know, like. Well, is that ever an option, right? I mean, so like for the airline industry at this point, it's probably not. <laughs> no, I don't think that for most of us, it, like I think that like 
earlier on, like in my career, I was definitely one of those people that was like, oh, you know, F it. Like this sucks. Let's just rewrite it. But yep. like what you don't understand is like all the bubble gum and glue that went into that underlying system yeah. when you think you understand how it works. But when you try to go and re-implement it, it's really difficult and expensive. You know, I mean, like there's definitely times where it's like, oh, yeah, you know, this is crappy. Like, why keep putting into it? But at the same time, like if you had to like if you built your like for this analogy to work, if you had built (laughs) your car and then said, and this thing's a hunk of junk, I'm going to go build a new car. I'd be like you're crazy, put some (laughs) duct tape on that piece of crap and keep it running. But you're not doing that, right? You know, you're basically saying, I'm going to turn this one in and I want to go buy a new one that someone else is going to have made for me. Yeah, that's a good Um, point. You know, and and I, I think that's, that's something that people tend to get caught up in when we look at like software, especially. But so Rails kind of gets you, right? Like Rails is the... Uh, yeah, but the Rails base model. is like the aluminum <laughs> yeah. or like the steel. The chassis. You know, like, then... <laughs> no, not even the chassis. That's my point is like, like that. it's like, look, a strong structure that is low in weight. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's like Rails to me. It's, yeah. it's not really like, I guess it's kind of the chassis. It's basically like you can only use this structure in this kind of way or you should only use aluminum for these tasks right. or whatever. But I, I, I think that, I think people think that, you know, I think people think that, you know, oh, well, I'm using a framework, so I'm probably not going to stub my toe, but right. uh, I don't it's, know. I just don't think that's the case, you know? It's what it, yeah, it boils down to being sort of a set of guidelines and uh, instructions, but no real, I mean. But you're adding all the value. Right, right, you know? right. So do you think that the, so you've been working on the GraphQL API, right? What's that? <laughs> is is that a little bit of kind of like starting from scratch or are you is there oh yeah i mean like the the framework is all there like all graphql is is a set of rules you know it's like it's like getting a playbook that tells you like how to play the game but they never really explain what the game is you know Uh, (laughs) the goal is (laughs) no no no. it's basically there is a goal yeah period next page you know (laughs) this page intentionally left blank (laughs) uh and so with graphql i think the thing that's been interesting is like the, like when you go to implement the data, like when you GraphQL is saying, okay, I would like to get at this data. And then you, and then you go to get the data, how you do that is completely up to you. And it's, and it's possible that you couldn't, uh, like really just sort of go, Oh, well it worked like this over here. I'm going to move it over here. Right. Because you either inevitably want to improve it. Right. Or the, the, the system is different. Like they cannot be the same thing. You know, you want to take this opportunity to make a change, but then you're building a change in on top of a change on top of another change. Sure. You know, and so it becomes complicated and it's hard to predict where things, uh, you know, like, like could break ultimately. Um, and so then you do end up, you know, having to redo a fair bit of stuff and, and sort of taking on the risk of change. Um, cause I think that's like the biggest thing is just, you know, the perfect code just changes very infrequently. And that's why like a lot of, um, software suites or software suites. Oh boy. A lot of, um, <laughs> a lot of tools, uh, you know, look at your code and go, Oh, you're churning on this method a lot. Like this method keeps getting rewritten and that's a bad thing because, hypothetically you want to be able to factor your code well and write it in a certain way that each component is written once and you're really only sort of you know atta- you know putting components together yep uh and so i think that's like one of those interesting interesting things that has 
been difficult with GraphQL is just that if the underlying system isn't really well factored, which I mean, I feel like most uh, software systems that have been around for 10 years <laughs> are aren't, not you know, really well um, that like need to make money or like need to, you know, provide some immediate value and can't sort of just be uh, perfect. Right. Uh, it, it becomes difficult. And so again, it's just more trade-offs, you know, it's, well, we're going to make a change here and we're going to, you know, do our best to make sure it's correct and accurate um, because we think the value of the change is greater than just the status quo. Yep. But it's, 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 it's interesting. It's been interesting thus far for sure. I can imagine. Um, we started playing with it a little bit cause we've been using react and, um, and react native as you know. And so, um, we, I, I don't remember who, I think it was the creators of, um, react native maybe that said, uh, GraphQL is really kind of the real star here. <laughs> Um, to be able to use those, you know, not that you can't use React with REST or, or anything like that, but uh, when you use something like GraphQL, I think it really kind of makes, I mean, they're mutually advantageous to each other, right? They're written for each other, so they just kind of work much better together. Um, anyways, uh, I have a, a couple updates on things we talked about last time. Okay. So, <laughs> so I've been using that um, that font Fira code for, for um for the last, I don't know, two or three weeks. And generally, I really like it. I don't recommend it for Rails developers. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Go on. Um, it just, there's just certain, th- I, can't, I can't think of any examples off the top of my head, but there's certain things where I will open up a, you know, like a Ruby file or, or uh, something, and it, I, it'll take me a second to actually, like it'll get, to use those ligatures for things that you actually don't want them to be used for. Um, and so it's really beautiful and I love writing in it. Uh, but I'm, you know, I would say shy away from it. (laughs) You haven't switched to it, right? No, never will. You're in like Monaco 12.0. I have a courier actually. (laughs) Are you really, do you really use courier? Please. Um, and then the other, one of the other things, uh, what were we, we, I think we were talking about AppSy as one of these, uh, things that can kind of tell you, um, all the different stuff that your users are doing. So this, uh, the one that I was thinking of that I couldn't think of was called full story. Have you heard of this? I don't think so. It's more web-based, right? But it is, uh, it integrates into your product and it literally records like videos. Oh um, yeah. 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 I, now I remember. It's really neat and something. And, and so I, I actually was, um, looking through this and, immediately found some value out of it. I mean, it's just being able to see, okay, well, here's where someone had trouble. You can see what they did to get to that point. And it's, it's just way easier than doing something like trying to set up a screen share on Google Hangouts or something like that, which is like the worst thing to do with your users. <laughs> if your users are like <laughs> our users. Um, <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the other thing... So have you been, uh, this doesn't really have to do with, uh, with Ruby on rails, but I think it might appeal to some of our, <laughs> some of the listeners, um, all, all two of them, all two listeners. Um, so, um, mass effect Andromeda just came out. I'm not going to do any spoilers. Yeah. I was going to say, don't worry. No, I'm not. No, <sighs> my but, heart just skipped a beat for a second. But, I, am, I am in so deep in mass effect. I've barely played video games anymore, but I, I, I've been like waiting for this game for so long for yeah. sure. So maybe uh, maybe in like a year we'll talk about this. <laughs> yeah, but there five was some, years. In, you think it has to be that long? Maybe. 
<laughs> and everyone tunes out. <laughs> the, but as you so okay, so th- I don't think this is a spoiler, but there's a uh, you create a player, right? Just like all the other yep. Mass Effect games. So as I was going through that, I had the worst. <laughs> the worst experience you can uh, you can customize your appearance and adjust like your eye height and eye width and like every other game where you can do that just like in real life just like in real right (laughs) my wife was literally like looking at me and saying no i think the eyes should be if you want it to look like you the eyes need to be a little bit farther apart (laughs) and then i looked like (laughs) yeah and then the result was uh like a dumpster fire it didn't it doesn't look great at all (laughs) it looks just like you (laughs) so i guess in that sense it's pretty accurate but while you're doing it if you so they change the button that uh that um accepts the changes that like saves the changes depending on the screen you're on so in one screen if you press uh x it'll save it but on the other screen if you press circle it uh, oh my god yeah spoiler alert that ui is horrible abysmal. right oh it's really god. bad and so it's like yeah so i play on pc and it's like space and enter and escape like escape in some instances like confirms the save yes and you're like why would I, that happen <laughs> anyways simple you know simple lessons here like and like my curiosity <laughs> like so it it I mean, I might be giving folks too much credit, but my assumption has to be that the UI was built by one or two people mm-hmm. and they used it and that was it. And the testers got used to it and everyone just got used to it. And we didn't and they didn't bring in new people yeah. into the process until it was either too expensive to make the change uh, you know, based or like or too timeline expensive to make the change because I I can't believe that if if they had brought in a like a new set of testers, yeah, you know, like three months ago and said play this, that they would have been like, oh, well, the this thing is, is great. Like, all these beta versions, I feel like that you don't get to play with that kind of stuff, right? It's like play oh, the game and you know tell us your thoughts about the game, but they don't bring you through kind of like. Like there's a lot of, st- especially this kind of game, there's a lot of interfaces actually. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you've got, you know, I mean, there's like this mining stuff and, uh, you know, all these other kind of uh, point allocations, like any kind of like role-playing game. And they're not great, which is kind of sad to me because typically I felt like these kind of games but from Bioware have been like pretty good. Um, but I think it's my assumption here so you think that maybe one or two people built it my assumption is that different teams actually worked on different parts of so like there's like the main menu ui which actually is fairly consistent but then like the character creator area which i think is a pretty like robust feature i bet that was worked on a separate team that and they just oh. there was like not crosstalk maybe yeah that know. could be it too yeah to be honest i'm i'm making big assumptions i really have no idea how video games are ultimately built other than like the I few know. videos i've seen of like people being like i work on ui and this is how we try right. things out you know but this kind of goes to like what i was saying like last time we talked was you know ev- not everyone's a designer quote unquote right and, which yeah. is not uh everyone you know, can ruin someone's day <laughs> yeah, i feel like is the def- better I mean, description it, yeah like the delta the 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 person writing the mobile app for Delta who, you know, didn't allow you to choose a seat or whatever. Who flies on Southwest. Right. <laughs> right. Actually, I wonder if that's a thing. Do you, you think you have to fly? They probably get ridiculous discounts. I, I'd assume they get ridiculous discounts, but I feel like, I feel like a better example would have been like, 
like getting an email one morning and being told your laptop's broken. All you can use is your mobile phone book a flight to Detroit and back to same day. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like that would have been the best thousand dollars that Delta spent last year. (laughs) You know what I mean? Just because like, that's like, you have to actually use the thing that you're building in a way that is true to yourself. And I feel like that's a benefit that like, whoever wrote that could hypothetically do i feel like that's a benefit that i have at github because i use the tool but i feel like it's extremely difficult to do that if you aren't a like in your case a plumber right you know um like if you're at shopify or etsy like everyone has their own store and they sell things or they knit or they you know do art or whatever but if you are building a product that you cannot use in like some sort of reality not just sort of as an arbitrary like oh i'm pretending that dot 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 yeah i feel like it's extremely difficult and then you move into a whole separate uh, set of issues which is probably worth discussing in another podcast which is like how do you get good feedback from people when you can't fathom their right. problems? <laughs> so this is, yeah. So the last thing I'll say, cause I know we're running out of time is, uh, there is, um, so the big web show, which is another five by five podcast that, um, Jeffrey mm-hmm. Zeldman hosts. Mm-hmm. Um, he, uh, his good friend, Eric Meyer, who was like, wrote the CSS like pocket guide, you know, and has written like every CSS guideline ever. Um, had a has a great um, talk about design. He calls it designing for crisis um, or designing for real life. And I think that like take a listen to that um, if you get a chance. There are some really great gems in there about kind of putting yourself in the place of someone who you know maybe is not going through some crazy crisis, but just has a different experience or a different reason for them using your app um, and. Uh, there's some really good, really good stuff in there, but yeah, we should talk about that uh, a, a different time because we could probably fill a whole, <laughs> a whole episode about that. A whole ep. A whole twenty minutes. I was told right. to be. That's it. That's all you get. I'm cutting That's you off. All fine. <laughs> See you in uh, two weeks. Bring, bring, bring us back something good. This, uh, I think, everyone will have enjoyed this, and if not, we'll hear from them. <laughs> all right. See ya. That's it. Uh, We'll see you in a week. Thanks again to Brian for talking about uh, why airlines are really ruining my life. (laughs) And uh, you can follow me on Twitter at KDaigle or reach out to me at KyleDaigle.com if you want to send me a message or uh, tell me about something you want to hear on the podcast. Until next time. (laughs)